Hello and welcome to a Waypoint Church podcast by Jim Privet. We hope you enjoy listening to it. If you're new to us, the first Sunday of each year we have our motto text, kind of an overarching message for our focus in the year to come. Today is that day. Uh, can you remember last year's motto text, the one word? Re- well done, I should have more confidence in you guys, shouldn't I? Reveal, taken from 1 Corinthians 2 that um, God through the Spirit has revealed to us Jesus Christ, the ultimate wisdom of who God is and that we have the Spirit of truth living in us. And so last year our focus was let's see what the Spirit is going to reveal to us as individuals, as a church throughout 2023. Uh, Can you remember what it was the year before that? This is great. I love Bible quiz. Ezekiel 47 verse 9, wherever the river flows, everything will, will live. We've got the Spirit of God that flows to us, through us and from us, yeah? And we bring life to whoever we come to. A few years ago, in 2020, it was, see, I am doing a new, it was Isaiah 43 verse 19. 19. We didn't probably think at that point in the leadership team how prophetic that verse might be because we had been waiting for this building for about 10 years and people had been faithfully giving and praying for it for 10 years. And within about five months of moving in, it was closed. We weren't really sure what God was doing at that point. And then obviously COVID kicked in because of that. And uh, we weren't really sure what was going on next. So as a leadership team, uh, what we try and do at these points of just sort of leading out the previous year is to get together, pray, think about what is God putting his finger on as we move into this next year. A little bit, I guess, like a surfer that catches the wave. We want to see what God's already doing as opposed to saying, well, we want to do this. We want God to bless us. We want to bless God's work and what his spirit's doing, put our resources around that, our focus around that as well. So we've been trying to sort of get the spiritual temperature and catch the wave, if you like, of what God's been doing. If you, who was here last week? Yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it? Quite long, but amazing nonetheless. We didn't even get through all that. We had a testimony, a special testimony service last week, just looking back at 2023. If you've missed it, it's now online, uh, so please check it out on there. Looking at our ministries and our personal testimonies as well. But it was really interesting, I think, to see, and this is part of the reason why we're going down this road, to see how God has been stretching his church, how he's been calling people into obedience, to positions of submission and yielding to his spirit. And that's really what we want to encourage the rest of the church to do in 2024. We believe God is calling people beyond their comfort zones into complete dependence. And I hope you think that as well, as you got this wrong. So for those of you with a good memory, we, I missed out one memory verse, which is from 2020, 2021. Can you remember it? Anyone? Sorry? No, that's not it. <laughs> Press on towards the goal to win the, to win the prize. Philippians 3, verse 14. The reason I say that, the re- sorry, the reason I say that is because we felt called back to a verse just before that this year uh, in Philippians 3. And uh, we'll, we'll read that in a moment. So if you've got your Bibles, please open them to Philippians 3 or open your apps, whatever it is. Can I encourage you, church, to get your Bibles and get used to getting into your own Bibles is really, really important. And, uh, but there's a slightly different focus for us this year as we stretch out. So it's Philippians 3. I want to read from verses 10 through to verse 15, just the first part of verse 15. And uh, then we'll unpack that a little bit. So <clears throat> it says this. I need my glasses on. Here we go. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection 
and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. So the author, Paul, is actually encouraging the Christian, you and I, about our kind of ongoing momentum, our upward and onward call in becoming more Christ-like, in revealing the spirit of Jesus that lives within us. And that's kind of what we want to see happen this year. Do you want that as well? I hope so. I believe so. But we want to focus on those, that word that it comes in verse 13, which is the straining towards. Now, in your Bible, you might have looking forward, you might have straining forward, you might have reaching forward. But there's a Greek word there in the straining that is epictenomai. Can you say epictenomai? Epictenomai, right? Epictenomai. And it means to extend beyond, to extend beyond reach. It means to reach forward. You only find that in the, in the English Revised Version, the ERV. And as you leave today, hopefully we've got these little cards, these Mototext cards. If you don't like paper waste, then you can go on our website and it's on our, under our resources. You can download it from that as well. But in the ERV, it says to stretch forward. And this is a word. These are two words that we've been hearing a lot, I think, over the last few months as a church. Some of the testimonies last week talked about the stretch in all lots of different ways. So we're believing that God wants us to stretch forward to reach just kind of beyond ourselves in 2024. Sometimes, yes, the Christian walk is about kind of that consistent, persistent plod, kind of just keep swimming, as Dory would say. But actually, it's about stretching. It's actively stretching ourselves. But why? And to what end? What's the purpose of this? Verse 10, it starts with this. Paul says, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. I want to know Christ. When you read this, when I read it and meditated on it for a while, I was thinking, that's an incredible comment for Paul to make. Is it not? He, he wants to know Christ. He already knows Christ. But he's saying, I want to know Christ. I want to know him. He's had the Damascus Road experience. He's been, the scales have fallen from his eyes a few years before. He's been filled with the Spirit, he's been baptized, and yet here he is saying, I want to know Christ. This is a man who is already free, who's forgiven, who's living on fire for God, and yet here he's saying, I want to know Christ. And it made me stop in my tracks and think, this is what Christianity is about. It's about Christ. It's not actually about this, just coming to church. I know why we come to church, don't get me wrong, but it's about pursuing Christ. Worship is about Christ. Someone said to you today, what, or tomorrow at work, what does it mean to be a Christian? Your answer is Christ. It's about Christ. It's not about going to church. It's not about going to a small group. It's not about praying at certain times. It's not about reading your Bible. It's about Christ. It's all those things that help me, don't help us, don't get me wrong. But it's the pursuit of Christ. This is what Paul says here. And Jesus has designed us to know and to desire him in greater measure. And that's what I'm praying for us as 2024 as a church, that we can stretch ourselves to know Christ. Paul doesn't say, I want to know more about Christ, does he? I want to learn more. I want to fill my head more. 
He wants to know Christ more, the fullness, the richness of who he is. Does the Jesus that you walk with in 2024 look like the same Jesus you walk with in 2023? Or 2020? Or 2010? Or 2000? Or 1996? Whenever it was that you came to Christ the first time, is it the same Jesus? Or have you grown? Have you grown in knowing Christ like Paul says? Sometimes I think we can treat Jesus a little bit like we're his number one fan. Right? You know, super celebrity fans, they know the birthdays of the celebrities, they know where the celebrities might even eat, but they don't, they don't actually know the celebrity. They don't hang out with the celebrity. Ever felt like that before with Jesus? You hear other people talking about Jesus in ways that you don't ever experience. Why is that? Why is that? Perhaps some of you last week when we heard some of the testimonies, you're thinking, why haven't I got those stories in my life? Where's those fresh testimonies? Can I encourage you? Are you pursuing Christ? Are you stretching for Christ? Are you being obedient to Christ? Are you expecting him to do incredible things in 2024? Are you giving space for him in your relationships, in your workspaces? Are you being confident in him? Matthew 7 says this. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. When I read that, And I know there's context there, but when I read that, I I don't want that to be me. (laughs) Do you want it to be you? No? (laughs) No, I want it to be us. Lord, Lord, you are my Lord. And Paul's so adamant, he wants it to be him, that he's like, right, I'm going to pursue Christ. I want to know Christ. Philippians 1, he says this, for me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Do we think like that? Do we operate with that mindset? Mindset? He goes on to say, I am torn between the two. I desire to to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Better by far. Nothing else mattered for Paul. Nothing was going to get in the way of knowing Christ better. In fact, even suffering in verse 10, that's a means to know Christ better. To partake, to share with Christ in something that he had to endure. Each day was a new chapter for Paul to know the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, as it says in verse eight, a few verses before. He actually is speaking to the Philippian church and he's saying, forget the former things, forget what you think, forget the confidence of the flesh, right? Forget the laws and and all the things you'd lived by before, forget that, because you won't get righteousness through that stuff. Forget your confidence in who you are, the confidence should only be in Jesus Christ. Forget the former things and stretch forward. This is a guy, by the way, who had huge worldly accomplishments, had huge influence, huge power. This was a man who had all the, I guess, all the trappings of being well-known, being a powerful man in Jerusalem, in the temple. He left it all behind. He ends up in prison in, Philipp- in Philippi. It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy, isn't it? He had all this influence, and yet he's under house arrest. He's under house arrest. And there's a Greek word that he uses there. <laughs> when he says the word rubbish in verse eight, it's actually a Greek word for dung. <laughs> for dung, right? All this stuff, what it was before, all the confidence in who I am is dung. All that I know up to this point is rubbish. Because I want to know Christ. Is that our mindset, church, in 2024? To know Christ better. Our past failures, it's all, it's all dung. Our past hurts, our past achievements, our influence, our power, even perhaps how we've known God to be up to this point, right up to this point today, how we know God to be, and all the great things that he's analyzed, I count that 
as that was then. I want to know Christ differently in the future. I want to stretch forward into his presence, his power, his love, his understanding. If we're up for that, are we up for that? If we're up for that, then we have to expect the tension that comes with it. There will be a tension in our spirit as we step and we stretch forwards. There will be a tension in our, in our heads and our hearts as well. But without tension, we won't grow. Without tension, we will not grow. We will remain in our comfort zones. Has anyone got a New Year's resolution? Hands up. Those are very timid hands. Has anyone put, come on, hands in the air, be confident. Anyone's New Year's resolutions? I love that. Just these, just two, just the Kirk ups at the front. There's a few hands got. Are any of these resolutions about getting fit at all? Oh, yeah. He's just remembered. <laughs> there was something that I said on New Year's Eve. That was it. How are you doing, Alex? You carrying on with it? No, you stopped. Great. Good. Good. Well, I... <laughs> A couple of months ago, I decided I thought I'd try and, try and go to my wife's gym. She's slightly, um, she loves the, the, the gym. So I, uh, she gets a free pass. I go once a month on a Friday. I got I chatted to a, one of the PTs there uh, recently, and he said to me, what do you listen to when you work out? And uh, I'm not embarrassed by this. I said, I was listening to classical music that day, right? I know, classical music. Thank you very much. And, uh, and he went, how do you, why do you listen to classical music in the gym? Like, how does that get you pumped up to lift heavy weights? I was like, well, I don't. <laughs> I don't lift heavy weights, there's the key, see? That's the key, that's why I look like I do. So if I wanted to get bigger and stronger and musclier, then I guess I'd have to listen to heavier music. But no, I guess that I'd have to lift heavier weights, right? I'd have to create tension on my muscles, because muscles basically, if you want them to get bigger, it's kind of like the strain and the stress, actually it's like micro tears on your muscle, that then when they restore, when they kind of heal again, they get bigger, right? And that's what you have to do. You have to stretch your muscles. Tension creates growth. But all the time I remain in my comfort zone, I will remain the same size that I am. And it's the same for us in our Christian walk as well. If we remain in our comfort zones, the same as what we did in 2023 and 2022 and so on and so forth, we won't see the fruit of the Spirit in our life. We won't deepen our relationship with Christ. We won't produce testimonies of God's goodness like we heard up here last week. We won't become mature followers of Christ, as Paul says in verse 15. All the time we remain without the tension, actively stretching forwards, we'll remain the same size. So are we up for the stretch, church? What does it actually mean to stretch forward, though? Because Paul uses this word pressing on, but stretching forward is part of the pressing on. Often in my experience, God will use situations and circumstances to stretch us in order to know him. Sometimes the everyday, normal, unplanned stuff that goes on, but sometimes it might be a season of our life that he stretches us in. And the biggest way, and Paul alludes to this, is suffering. In fact, he says in verse 10, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ in my suffering. That word know means to partake. I said it earlier, it means to share. It's almost a privilege. <laughs> Do we see suffering? The long, sometimes the long, long seasons of our life where we're, under, we're in pain, we're in the wilderness, we're not sure what's going on, where is God? Do we see that as a privilege to, that we're sharing in something that he, he endured for us? Someone said to me once that we cannot hope to know Christ and to grow in our goal to become more like him unless we experience what he experienced. And he experienced difficulty, did he not? Rejection, being abandoned, loneliness, temptation being misunderstood, 
being disappointed. Some of those things were all by the people that he loved as well. People that were close to him, people that he knew. Even Paul says in 2 Timothy 4 that he felt abandoned himself, and yet he calls other people to imitate him as he imitates Christ. I think sometimes when it comes to stretching seasons of suffering or pain or whatever that is, we can disassociate Christ from it. In fact, we can, use, we can use suffering as an excuse to not, how can God be a loving God if I'm going through this? Anyone ever felt like that before? How can this be happening to me? But actually Christ is saying, get to know me in the suffering. I'm enough. It might not be easy, but get to know me. I will shape you. I will be all that you need. James 1 says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because these stretching seasons, what do they do? They produce perseverance. There's fruit. Some of you will know, some of you know um, a lady called Sue Edwards. She's been part of our church in 2015. If you're on the gathering page, which is a Facebook page that we've got, if you're not, you can join it. Um, she shared her testimony. She couldn't be here last week. I've got permission to share some of her testimony. So if you've already read it, you get to hear it twice. If you're not, then it's, it's new. So bear with me. I'll read it from the sheet. This is Sue's testimony. For the last 11 years, my life has been severely restricted by illness, ME, and I haven't been well enough to come to a service in person since 2015. But God is still good. He is still with me and is working in my waiting. It seems that radical pruning was needed for the fruit of the Spirit to grow in my life. I've lost my house, my job, and many of the things I enjoyed doing before, like walking and traveling. This year, I was 60. The second big birthday, I was unable to celebrate with friends in the way I'd hoped. But through all the loss, I've discovered that Jesus is enough. And like Paul, I've learned to be content despite my circumstances. And now I enjoy savoring small, simple things like the nature in my garden just as much as my previous far-flung adventures. Many times I've asked God to change my circumstances and heal me, but instead he's using my circumstances to change me. Adversity has amplified my awareness of God's presence and peace. He's forced me to be more like Mary than Martha, to slow down, to rest, to be instead of do, and to really trust him. And here's the fruit. My patience and empathy have grown. He's replacing my selfishness with an ever-increasing desire to love and bless others. He's also transforming me by the renewing of my mind to be more positive and thankful instead of negative and critical. Haley Marchant's sermon from, Gro- from Groaning to Glory last year spoke on Romans 8, 18, 30, where Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who has been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. She goes on to say, the conforming process is often uncomfortable because we are refined by fire. The fire of chronic illness has made me realize we have a choice in how we react to suffering. We can complain, blame God and become bitter, or we can keep worshiping, trust God and yield to him working through it to make us better. How we persevere in faith through trials can also be a powerful witness that brings glory to him. God is sovereign. My time is in his hands. Ultimately, if I'm not healed in this life, then I look forward to a new, eternal, and perfectly functioning body in the life to come. In the meantime, I continue to trust that God is working for my good and for his glory. He will never leave me or forsake me, and his grace is sufficient for me however hard it gets. I honestly don't know how I'd cope with this debilitating and isolating illness without knowing him. 
What an amazing testimony. What an amazing testimony. Stretching conforms us to his image. Perhaps for you today, that, that is your situation. You have been going through some tough stuff. It's self-inflicted or unexpected, I don't know. It might be a week, two weeks, two years, 20 years. We'll come on to this at the end, but if that is you, don't lose this moment. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to recognize you. Sometimes we carry things for years, and the Lord wants us to know him in the carrying, that he can carry it for you. If that is you, then we'll pray for you at the end. If you know Sue as well, please get in contact with her because her, her testimony is incredible. I want to move on. There's another type of stretching as well. Many of you know that my wife has said earlier that she loves to work out, and a good workout for her is one where she's in pain afterwards, <laughs> um, which I don't quite understand, to be honest. But if, if she's crab walking down the stairs in the morning, she thinks it's been a great workout the day before. But um, she, uh, that's kind of, for me, it's kind of a little bit like she's chosen to stretch herself, right? She's chosen to put herself in a situation where she is being stretched, and I think it's true for us as Christians that we're called to stretch in ways, in daily ways, that, that go beyond the comfortable, that go just beyond ourselves, just beyond our strength, just beyond our resources, just beyond our understanding or our experiences. We see these, these moments dotted about in, in the Bible as well. In Matthew 14, the disciples are in the boats, for example, and Jesus speaks to them. But of all the group, who is it that speaks back? Who is it? It's Peter, right? It could have been anyone else, but Peter is up for the stretch. He says, Lord, if that's you, when they see him out on the water, if that's you, then come, I want to come to you on the water. So Jesus says, what? Come. He gives him a stretching exercise, doesn't he? Come. And Peter took a step. But Peter could have done what we all might have done in that position. If I step out, I'll drown. <laughs> but the boat's quite comfortable. It's not, it's not wet so much in the boat. <laughs> Right? Or what about the others? I want to look stupid if this goes wrong. Or logic, this actually can't work, that's water. Or insecurity, or why doesn't someone else in the boat do it? They go first and then I might follow. <laughs> Instead, he took a step in what was quite an ordinary situation for an ex-fisherman to be in, on a boat, in not great weather. And in an ordinary moment, he took a step. And what was his experience? I know he eventually sank a little bit, but what was his experience for a while? As he kept his eyes on Jesus, a miracle in an ordinary moment, an incredible encounter that stretched him, that made him understand the miracle-making savior that was in front of him. Did you ever think he looked at water the same way again? <laughs> Probably not. I know a savior that's got power over that. I know a friend who created that. Do you think Peter's levels of faith increased as he was stretched? In the Old Testament, you see Moses, Exodus 3. He grew up in the, in the house of Pharaoh. He was a well-educated guy, all the best educators in Egypt. He was a warrior. He'd seen some incredible things as well. Then he made a few dodgy decisions, right, which meant that he was kind of cast out for 40 years as a shepherd, 40 years. But then one ordinary day, he comes across a burning bush. God speaks to him. Four decades have gone by. God speaks to him. He says, thanks for taking care of the sheep, but the big day has finally come. I need you to lead another group of sheep, <laughs> my people, out of slavery. Side note, 
I hope this encourages someone, but I love how Moses has to become insignificant. He probably felt like he was stuck in a dead end. What am I doing? What's God doing in my life? What's happening? Yet it was in this time of insignificance that God was shaping him in incredible ways. He was teaching him how to protect, how to lead, how to love, how to feed. Perhaps that's someone's experience right now. I don't know what 2024 has got in store, but can I just encourage you that God might have already been preparing you in the past for what might be to come in this next season. Anyway, the story goes, God speaks to Moses, and Moses says, great, when do I leave? Does he? No, he doesn't. Moses displays all the characteristics that we would display on an ordinary moment. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? What should I say? What if they do not believe me or listen to me? Have you ever felt like that before? About God and our relationship with God and following him? I find it encouraging that it's this version of Moses that God wants. (laughs) It's when Moses is up for the stretch and he can be stretched. It's not about in his own understanding, his own strengths, his own skills. Not that God can't use them, by the way, don't get me wrong. But it's when he's ready to be stretched that God's like, right, you're the man. Now I can use you. Now I can stretch you. So he says to Moses, gives him a little stretching exercise again. What have you got in your hand? What have you got in your hand? He's got a staff, shepherd's staff, crook, whatever you want to call it, in his hand. Is it a crook or is it a staff? doesn't matter. It's not really relevant. Staff in his hand. Throw it on the floor. He throws it on the floor. What does it become? A snake. Moses does a runner because <laughs> he's scared. After a while, he comes back. God tells him to pick it up by the tail, which is a bit weird because you don't pick up snakes by the tail. But he goes down to touch it. As he touches it, it turns back to a staff. I often think, what would have happened if Moses didn't go over to the burning bush on an ordinary day? I've had moments in my walk with Christ where the Spirit has said something to me, do this, do this, don't do that, don't do this, and I ignore it. (laughs) I ignore it. If, if Moses had gone, oh, there's a burning bush over there anyway. Come on, sheep, let's just keep going. <laughs> right? He would still be praising God. God's still good. He'd still be following God. Everything will be as it was. Don't get me wrong. But he would have missed that incredible encounter, that stretching moment, that willingness to say, I want to experience more of God. What's he got in store for me? What's the purpose that he's got for me? Are you with me? It's my belief that we have an everyday supernatural God. A God who asks us to stretch forward to him and for him. As we stretch and we reach the hand of God, we we also often reach the power of God in incredible ways. Often beyond what is seen, what seems logical to us. Paul in verse 10 says, talks about the resurrection power of Jesus. What does this mean? I think it can mean a lot of things actually. (laughs) Romans 8 says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, which he is, he who raised Christ from the dead, who will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Likewise, in Ephesians 1, it says, I pray that you will know how great his power is. In short, the resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. We have this great future promise that we have a resurrection body. Sue alluded to this in her testimony one day. We'll have a body that has no more pain and suffering in it. It's the resurrection. We will have that. But that power, that word power is a word, we've heard it before, some of us, dunamis, which is dynamite. That lives within us. That same power, the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, lives within us. 
These everyday supernatural encounters can happen because we have the dunamis, the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. I'm not saying they always happen. Sometimes they're the exception to the rule, but often we live in a way where they never happened. But let's stretch our understanding. Let's stretch our expectation. Dynamite can blow up mountains. <laughs> do we bring that kind of power into situations? Where if we are there, then yeah, we do. Because <laughs> that power is within us. Do we live that expectantly? If we think we understand the fullness of Christ's resurrection power, and yet we go about our normal life never really bringing it in, or we come across difficult trials and seasons of our life, and we never really bring that power in, then we can never quite marry up the God of the Bible with the God of our situation. It doesn't quite match. Paul says, I want to know him. I want to be like him. He wants to imitate Christ. Paul did some incredible things. He also has some awful moments happen in his life. He saw some incredible miracles happen because he was always prepared to stretch and to know Christ in his fullness. Perhaps this is the stretch for some of you this year. The supernatural, the spiritual, out of our comfort zone stretch. Last week, Paddy spoke and gave his testimony. It was brilliant, Paddy. You did a great job, by the way, mate. And he said, there was a throwaway line, I don't know if anyone caught it, but he said, at the heart of my ministry is expectation. And I absolutely love that. I might get a t-shirt with it on. <laughs> at the heart of our ministry, not just me, because I've got a microphone, at the heart of our ministry is expectation. Do we live with that? The Christ is wanting to, to stretch us, to stretch us further. Trust me. Find me in these spaces. That's enough. <laughs> I've just got some thoughts as I want to, as I want to f uh, wrap up. That's all right. Um, some areas perhaps that you're thinking, well, okay, what is the stretch for me? What does it look like? If up to this point it's been good, but I want it to look different going forward, what does it look like? What's the stretch forward for me? Um, perhaps it's as simple as getting into a, a better prayer habit. Perhaps it's praying together. Perhaps it's coming along to 7-7 in, in a couple of weeks' time or joining the hour of prayer online or coming down the front and, and praying for others as they come down the front. Perhaps it is when you pray, pray there's bolder prayers, prayers of healing. Could it be that you are thinking, I need to witness. I need to witness to these, to these people in my life who just don't know Jesus. I want to stretch myself because I've been this shape for too long and I want to stretch myself. I want to find Christ in those moments and I want them to find Christ as a result. Is it in quitting something? Is it about being in obedience to God over something? Is it in trusting God in some way? Is it being intentional in your discipleship? Is this the year that you get into scripture? You really get it into your heart, you meditate on it. You get someone in your life who can keep you accountable for something. Perhaps for some of you, it's about forgetting the former things. That's the stretch. Forget that. That's happened. That's not who I am. I need to leave that pain in 2023. All these things are our stretching exercises. And church, are we up for it? I don't want us to be here this, this time next year saying the same thing. And you guys have got no fresh testimony of what God's doing. Do you want that? I don't want that. I want to see what Christ is doing. I want to know him more. We're going to finish. So I'm going to ask you just to stand. If you're in the north with us, could you please stand with me as well?
If you're up for the stretch, that is. If you're not, you can remain seated. <laughs> you might want to stretch your legs at this point. Stretch out. Can I get the band come up if they want to? We're just going to invite the Spirit just to place on our hearts the stretch. What is the stretch forward, the stretching forward that he's saying to us? As you do that, you might want to just put your hands out in like a receiving position. That's not, you don't have to. It doesn't mean anything particularly. It just kind of says, I'm ready for this, Lord. I'm ready to carry what it is you want to stretch in. We're going to give just a couple of minutes of just thinking time. It's a lot of information. We're going to declare that God is our God in 2024 as he was in our previous 2023. And that we're all out, all out for him. Let's just pray. Holy Spirit. We invite you. You're already here, actually. Give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, a heart that can respond to you this morning. Paul says, I want to know you, Christ. That's our heart. I want to know you, Christ. I want to know you better in 2024. I want to see your power at work in and through my life in 2024. I want to be bowled over by the grace in new ways, the love you have for me in 2024. I want to be reminded of your incredible, powerful forgiveness on the cross in 2024. I want to be bold to share you, Jesus, the good news, the hope of the world with those around me that live, despite whether they know it or not, with no hope with no eternal hope. They don't have the hope of resurrection power. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us anew as we step into 2024. Stretch us forward. Despite our age, teach us new ways of understanding you, new ways of seeing you move. Despite how we've always done things, open our understanding, our eyes to different things, Lord the deeper things. Lord, we want to be mature followers of you, Jesus Christ. We want to know you in your fullness. We want to imitate you. We want to live in love like you do. So Holy Spirit, stretch us. Stretch us forward. Where there's doubt, where there's cynicism, Spirit, just come. Renew our faith, renew our courage, renew our confidence. Where there's former things, Lord, we lay them down. We lay them at the foot of the cross, at the altar. We forget those things. We say we're up for the stretch. We stretch forward to take hold of you, Christ, in different ways, in new ways. Our goal, our prize, until the day that we get to be with you forever.